Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. You are listening to Lorehammer, episode 14, Cicatrix Maledictum, The Great Rift. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey there. That was Mark, I guess. What's up, folks? And then joining us today, one more time. I got an intro, but Jordan didn't. You told them. Yeah. This was Mark, but then Jordan. Your voice is not nearly as recognizable as Jordan's sweet, sultry tones. Yeah, but he Ooh. rarely talks, so it's like, you know, I'm always rambling. That's why it's about. a gift every time he <laughs> does. Oh, okay. For the people. I grace their ears. The peasants <laughs> out there. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Um, joining us for the last time uh, is Christian. And this time for real. The yeah. Last time. Yeah. yeah. No, he he begged and whined. It was it was crying and there he was He gave me snot. 50 bucks even, so that was nice. Wait, I didn't get any money. I was supposed to share it with you and it was actually only 5 bucks. <laughs> I drew a zero on the next to the 5. <laughs> tricked him. Um, but today is um, actually it's the culmination kind of of everything we've been working towards for the past several months. Really, this is kind of the home stretch for us. That doesn't mean that we're done or anything. It doesn't? No, you made it sound like we're done after this episode. I thought this is all my contract was for, was for this one. <laughs> huh. Hey, Eric, I got 50 bucks for you. <laughs> um, it's a Chuck E. Cheese coupon. <laughs> it, it'll last until the sexual harassment complaints start rolling. <laughs> uh, then we're done. Then I've already done. filed a, a bunch against Eric, though. and I'm the, also the HR department. So. <laughs> oh. That's why. I have a special filing cabinet for everything from Mark. <laughs> it's called the garbage can. <laughs> uh, but this is our um, state of the galaxy episode. It's where we're going to discuss where everything has led up to this point, kind of current lore with, uh, with GW and, and what they're pressing forward. They're releasing a lot of new content, obviously with 8th coming out. And since so much is changing, we are kind of having our fingers in everything in this episode. Yeah. Every single race we're going to try and try and touch on as much as our knowledge <laughs> allows or as much as is needed. Some things happen to some races, but it's like not even relevant. Wow, like what? Who isn't relevant? How do you get to decide? So that? remember like our I think it was our third episode our orc episode yeah. and I'm like, well, this is the orcs and they were the same back then and they're the same today. So basically they're still the same. No, the they've changed. Same. No, 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 there's some serious, there's some serious, serious updates. character development. <laughs> yeah. they have, They've discovered a new color. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do? Gold, and you know what it's good for? What is it good for? I don't know, I can't think I, of yeah, I was trying to think of something too, but all I could think of was I goes know. fast. <laughs> That's already there. But yeah, so like, there's You're, no need you know to talk what? about orcs. Good you call. Know? Orcs are just orcs. <laughs> They're just orcs. Frickin and we love them that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If they ever changed, that would be the issue. That would be bad. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> our last episode was Tyranids. Yeah. And I have on my uh, notes here that there aren't any updates, but I'm going to need you to quiet for one second, Mark. Um, Uh-oh. And I'm going to need an apology in a second. Another apology for me? Yes. Prefer, like, I, if you want to write it out, we can wait till the next episode. <laughs> but um, when we were talking about the different high fleets, you specified that high fleet Hydra was not a high fleet and it was a splinter fleet. Oh, shit. Um, there are actually like five new high fleets that have been like set apart. Uh, just I just read the Tyranid Codex as well as reading like the main rule book. I just want you to know that, uh, fuck you, there's a lot more out there. <laughs> okay, so let me rephrase it. There's yeah. three major high fleets, then there's a bunch of minor, and then there's no, also, no, no. There's she, also no. splinter fleets on top Games of Games Workshop the, does not denote the difference no, no, I'm serious. between major and minor. No, they I'm just, serious. They the just major list are Kraken, and Leviathan. Like those, those are... are those are major high fleets. Like, I then agree. there's also miners, and then there's also splinters. I agree on the map. They are very large, and they are no, like the first ones in. But Games Workshop doesn't say there's major I am writing minor. no apology. Yeah, no, they do. Seriously. Well, you can show me that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, I know that we've been talking past a couple episodes about how we're uh, looking at adding new segments or changing things. And uh, this week, we're going to do one called Gets Hot. Uh, you can see a theme in the titles of our, of our segments. What theme? Rapid fire. Okay. Gets hot. I don't get it. Are all weapon things? No, like eighth edition. But there is no gets hot. In oh, <laughs> really? Plasma weapons don't get hot? Uh, lots don't anymore, no. Some oh. do. So it's still there? Sure. They don't call it gets hot, though. What do they call it? I don't know. Rules. Ex- explosion. <laughs> Plasma explosion. Maybe they do. I don't know. I'm just being a dick. I'm just, All right. Just being so a dickhead. We're going to do Gets Hot. And Gets Hot is you. I'm going to ask someone what gets them hot about Warhammer. What makes them start taking their clothes off and want to, you know, uh, titillate themselves with bits. So, uh, Christian. This is how we get a Harvey Weinstein <laughs> situation. Okay. <laughs> And I've just opened Jordan's file with HR. Great. It's right next to this clearly non-garbage can. Mm. Uh, Christian, what gets you hot about Warhammer 40K? So just to clarify, this is gets hot in a good way? Or bad. It could be Can it either. make me angry? I don't know. Sometimes no. I have a propensity sometimes to get Sometimes you fire your plasma gun, it gets and, hot. And it blows it up in your face. It explodes in your face. Sometimes it gets hot and it explodes all over their face. <laughs> exactly. So. so it could be either way. Tell me about a time it exploded in their face. In their face. Wait, is that a good or a bad thing? That's a good thing for you. I like exploding in my face, though. (laughs) Christian. Wait, what are we talking about? (laughs) Something that gets Christian hot. Space Marines. Everything about Space Marines. Everything. What what about the fact that Space Marines have no penis? (laughs) Troll. That's even better. It's a fucking troll. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about Space Marines, hey? What's your favorite thing about Space Marines? What sets them apart the most? Uh... Like, if you compare them to any other galaxies, like, super soldiers... I've always been into, like, super soldiers. So, like, any... any. Um, it's because he himself could never be a good soldier. Mm. You always try so, to be role-play something that you're not... I emulate exactly. yeah. something better. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, so, they're, like, just the pinnacle. Like, if you compare a space rain to any other super soldier from almost any other source of fiction, they just get stomped by space marines. Um, I can't think of any, like... Of course you can't. ...traditional military... Or like scientific science fiction military stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, they're not even super soldiers. Jedi. Though, so. No, <laughs> I mean you have librarians. Yeah. So. Oh shoot! Yeah, he got me <laughs> exactly. There. So yeah, that's yeah. Just space marines are the first thing that got me into the lore. Superman, and there always be 
What about what about He's not a super soldier? What though. about an army of Kryptonians who all grew up on Earth? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. They would just make bolt guns with kryptonite shells in them and just <laughs> they would. annihilate them. Hmm. Yep. Yep, Mark. <laughs> you want to continue this conversation? No, because kryptonite is super uh, common, apparently, because anytime Superman shows up, his well, only weakness is... There always know, happens to be kryptonite nearby. It's called a coincidence. Well, you just load those coincidences <laughs> into a bolt gun and fire them at the enemy. Yeah, space marines are a pretty good reason to get hot, though. Yeah. Everything about them, I just love them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could... Marry one? Yeah. <laughs> like, since you love them so much. Bang, fuck, kill, <laughs> space marine. Who was it? Abaddon, uh, Dante, and... <laughs> Kaldor. Of course, yeah. Mary. Mary, Mary, Mary Kaldor, yeah. Mary Kaldor. Because he's always gone and you don't have to deal yeah, with him? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. That's the best kind of spouse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the one guy that's not married. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> kill? Who'd you kill? Abaddon. And you'd sleep with Dante. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got all the experience in the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> 1,600 right. years of sexual experience. <laughs> Technically, Abaddon would be older. And he's probably seen way more <laughs> during his time gaining Slanish's favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, right. So that's a great segment there of uh, talking about Speaking what Speaking of us Abaddon. Hmm. Uh, actually, yeah, let's get right into our main topic for today, which is, oh, actually, no, it's, yeah, it is our main topic, but our first section is previously on 40K. You guys, um, obviously, like, it's an allusion to Supernatural, right? You know Supernatural. You know when, like, a previous... Never well, watched it. I don't know anything. Oh, about my it. gosh. Well, lots of shows are like Is that, that the though. show with the don't, two gay guys? Even. <laughs> <laughs> they're brothers, okay? They're, they're always doing things, and they're always cutting each other and spreading AIDS and stuff. <laughs> Okay, A, they're brothers, and B, they like save the world like they're six brother times. lovers. Is what brother lovers. <laughs> wow, mother boy. Uh, previously on 40k, we are gonna briefly touch the 13th Black Crusade. So the 13th is I, I know when we covered uh, Chaos Marines, we did like we talked about like one to twelve. Not really, but we kind of did. But not. <laughs> we mentioned really. there was twelve. Yeah, we were like, there's twelve. They go 1 through 12, and that's about it. Let me sum it up for you. So they attack Cadia. <laughs> 12 times. And then they attack Cadia again. Yeah, yeah. So on and what so forth. What happens the next one? Yeah. So on the 13th Crusade, Mark, why don't you tell us what they do? They, they attack Cadia. No way. Yeah. Um, but this yeah. time for real. The other times they were just joking. <laughs> they were just playtesting. <laughs> uh. Well, Abaddon does attack Cadia, but he also attacks a bunch of other planets within like the Cadian system as well. And, and uh, almost even, I'm not going to say galaxy wide, but like it is a very a, around crusade. the Eye of Terra or Terror, 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 Terror yeah. Birds. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, and the reason is because there's a lot of pylons on these, like alien structures, right? But they're Necron pylons, right? Correct yeah, it's, it's pretty well implied that they're Necron yeah. pylons. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they've ever come out and say it, but yeah. they definitely, like, they're alien structures yeah, it, that... It, there's enough evidence. They, they glow green. Say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've been there forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, And they're found on all these planets surrounding the eye. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're even, like, galaxy-wide. No, they yeah, are. They, they are. They but, are. Like, you yeah. find them everywhere, but more specifically yes. around the eye. Yes, which is odd, because... They are way before the Eye of Terror. Well, that's why I, I stated galaxy wide. It just happens yeah. that like um, they were there. Yeah, I brought this like, up with Mark a while back on like the timeline. Is like, yeah, why would they 
build it before there was a problem preemptively. Yeah, well, the thing is, but like, it's not. It just they they built them Galaxy yeah, One. They're everywhere. Well, the whole as purpose a measure, of them was to yeah. cut off the regular world. Yeah, so from the warp itself. It, it's essentially like my blank theory, where you put one blank every. <laughs> I hate you so much. It's like that, just with pylons, where they just pylon the entire galaxy. And the purpose of these pylons was to stop um, the, the warp. warp from bleeding into reality. Never worked. They couldn't finish it. Yeah. But um, it would have been like the ultimate blow against the Eldar. And then this is back in the War on Heaven. I don't know if we said that. It's Necron stuff, right? So, yeah. Like millions and millions of years ago. Yeah. Um, but he attacks Cadia, and the planet gets destroyed by when these pylons overload. And you said it's Trazen who does that? I think he has something to do with it. I, I'm pretty sure he does overload it, or lets the Imperium know how to overload it. Oh, so now, or, now Necrons are working with humans. Well, they've worked with Blood Angels Freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really deep, complex storytelling yeah, like, fabric that's interesting <laughs> with all the races. I think everyone's just turning into friends now. That's what's going on. Friend hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Friend hammer. Um, yeah, like there, there's obviously a lot more stuff that happens during the 13 Black Crusade, sure. but, but like, essentially Cadia gets destroyed and Abaddon actually ends up destroying a bunch of these pylons around the Eye of Terror and on Cadia itself. And what happens when he does this is the Eye of Terror starts to expand out into the galaxy. Yeah, and so it creates this rift, and really, it's like there. While there was like an area of the uh, galaxy that was like covered in like warp, like an overlap. Now there's like a massive portion yeah. of the galaxy, yeah. and it kind of like separates the galaxy in half. It like stretches from one corner. Yeah, it stretches like from the galactic northwest to the galactic southeast. southeast. Yeah, yeah, and it's called and the Cicatrix Maledictum. The Great Rift, the Crimson Path. Gork's Grin. Gork's Grin. Or is it Mork's Grin? <laughs> no, it's Gork. <laughs> I'll fight you over this. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it just rips the galaxy in half, which is pretty pretty crazy, really. Do you know how often we say, like, that's pretty sweet. Pretty fucking. That's pretty awesome. Pretty sweet. <laughs> I would love to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, uh, that is, like, currently where we stand in the galaxy is, is there's, like, a rent, <laughs> a whole... That is super brutal to try and pass through. Yeah. But uh, it's like, if I was to take away anything from 8th edition, it's that. Like, that's the big thing in my mind because it affects every race and it, it literally changes the galaxy, the fabric of the universe or the fabric of the galaxy. Like, yeah, sure, there's Primarchs coming back and that's great, but they're only on one planet at a time. And we'll get into them. We'll talk a bit about like their role in all this. But, uh, it's really the great rift that rips the galaxy in half. Yeah. And and this is where like the story, the plot is being driven because of this great rift. Like yeah. all these the races are making like changes in terms of like their goals or what they're doing or allies or who their enemies are because the galaxy now has changed. Whereas yeah. before you kind of had the stalemate version of all these galaxies are just vying for their own personal reasons, but yeah. now as it stands, everything has changed, so their game is changing as well. Yeah. All right. So that's our setting. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of the races within. Sorry. Mm, yeah. Oh, I'm getting over a sickness, and it's no good. Yeah, I was worried about you. Yeah. Deeply worried. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick touch on the arm right there. And there's another sexual harassment. There's another Fun. garbage wad for the garbage can. <laughs> I'll fill that up eventually, and you'll have to read it. 
Mark, you can't write. <laughs> Caught they're just, me. They're just pictures. <laughs> it's, Where did Charlie. you touch you? <laughs> Where did <I> touch you? <laughs> yeah, that's a penis. <laughs> Um, okay, let's start with the Imperium as the Imperium stands. And the first thing I have written here is the rise of a Primarch. Yeah, so during the whole 13 Black Crusades, events uh, happen where... You're the, really glossing over the details. I know. Which I get it, I know. We don't have to, we don't have to say it again. Yeah. We'll come back to this later. Yeah, like... I, I, <laughs> no, like no, they, we, we I'm won't not, say... I'm not saying that I'm not going to say episode. that we're going to come back to this and talk about it in depth, but... <laughs> I'm sure we will eventually, but right now we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, the like we- events transpire where like um, the Eldar. Yeah, um, and we'll talk. We, let's talk about this more in the Eldar. But sure. Gilliman is resurrected. He yeah. comes back due to sorceress magic. Yeah, from the Eldar. seriously, and science, sorcery, and science. Ah, you can't no. Where sorcery and science begin. No, where Call. science and sorcery begins. No, Wait, it's no, all no. science <laughs> is sorcery and sorcery. It's. They're the same thing, Eric. No, they're not. <laughs> they're exactly the same thing. Where does feelings come into this? <laughs> they get smushed at the bottom. <laughs> Your feelings don't matter. Oh, but yeah, yeah, Reboot is resurrected through fell magics and science. Yeah. And in case you didn't know, Reboot Gilliman is the Primarch of the Ultramarines. Ah. So the most powerful legion or chapter. You you give me that look, but it's like if they you, themselves they are were the post, They were the poster boys yeah. of the and, and like they have so many successor chapters. Yeah, they outnumber like, number like just on numbers alone. If if all things are equal, like they would win well, just on actually, numbers. Actually, the Black Templar would have way more numbers than the not if you include all like, the ultra. Oh, I thought you were just doing chapter chapter to chapter. No, 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 no. successors too. Like, yeah, because like all these successors do have great ties to the Ultramarines. Yeah, unlike a lot of well, other because chapters. just because of like the Ultramar yeah. system. And yeah. like for the record, we're not like Ultramarines fanboys. It's just a, a, a matter. It's a of reality. Fact. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Regardless of whether like you hate them or not, like they follow the Codex the most. Lies, actually. Who it's, follows it better? Uh, Imperial Fist would. You want to know why? Why? You ever heard of tyrannic war veterans of the Ultramarines, which are not a cor- codex organization? No. Zing. <laughs> I want nothing to do with them. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fun fact for you. Tyrannic war veterans. From Tyrion? Um, no, from Battle of McCraig. We'll, we'll get well, into those in yeah. episode 29. Uh, oh, write <laughs> that down, somebody. <laughs> Okay, interesting. But yeah, but you're you are right. They are uh, branded as like the the, yeah. the Codex chapter. But uh, anywho, yeah. Uh, so Rebook Element is their leader. He's one of the Emperor's quote unquote sons, or how, what do you call it? Hi, bunny ears? I don't know. What are the yeah, things? Yeah. Air, air quotes? quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. Um, bunny ears. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They go d- d- flop and then they flop around. I don't know. They emphasize the point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he ends up taking charge of the Imperium. Um, and he's super pissed. Yeah. Uh, do you got that quote, Christian? No, you're busy texting? Uh, Who is texting yeah. you? Everyone I know is here. I am. <laughs> God, I hate this Eric guy. He's always sexually harassing me. <laughs> uh, but the Emperor, I mean, sorry, uh, Reboot Gilliman goes and he makes like a pilgrimage to uh, Terra to visit the Emperor. You, you know, I don't know what's funny. What? Like a pilgrimage was used to, like back in the day it would be like, oh, you like humble yourself and like you just, you walk, right? And you yeah. journey like, he's not walking. It, it's funny that you say though that he does, like he humbles himself and it's like this like arduous task. Yeah, yeah. And it is for him to go there. Why? Like, so each of the chaos gods when he gets resurrected. Oh, is this why Nurgle is going nuts on his home planet? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a bunch of, like, minor things in the background where, like, Nurgle is, like, infecting citizens and... Minor things, he says. 
Sure. Yeah, Mortarion know. is in, like in the grand scene. scheme of things, they're minor. But like Mortarion, or not Mortarion, but like uh, Nurgle is is uh, like infecting people, and whenever Reboot Gilliman gets close to him, they get cured. Oh, that and then is, when he that leaves, is one of Mortarion's. I, okay, sure. Yeah. He un, a Mortarion is unleashing the plague in on the system. Okay, and then oh, like because he he wants. Uh, Roboot to challenge him. Okay. Right, and then I thought Ro- that was later, but Ro- okay. Roboot is refusing to come back because he's like, because before he like got trapped in his own sector, like worrying about his own things without yeah. worrying about the bigger picture. Yeah. And now he's like, no, I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. Hmm. But yeah, so he is. So tempted, it is tough for him, and he's All right. he's tempted by Slanish, and just to even get to Terra, it's not like just one quick warp jump. Like he takes this huge fleet. And like throughout the the process, they keep like getting ambushed by people, and like the fleet slowly dwindling. At one point, they get captured by uh, uh, one of the traitor legions. I'm trying to think, chaos, uh, chaos. <laughs> one of the traitor legions chaos. trap him, and like they have to do this whole jailbreak, so they lose even more members and. Like, it's this whole big thing that okay. happens. Right. So, like, it's not like he just does one warp dump. Like, it's a whole big thing that he has to do. It's um, like a quest. He even fights a couple of his brothers. Like, he fights Magnus on it, on this journey. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. Hmm. Okay, so he makes it to Terra. Yeah. And they do the classic Games Workshop thing where they enter the throne room and the doors close. And he uh, comes back out a day later type thing. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he knows what he has to do. So he kind of like reorganizes the Imperium a little bit. Like he he kicks out some high lords, reestablishes others, tries to get things working in motion, and then he calls upon like his great crusade, a new great crusade. Essentially, what do they call it? The, the Indominus. Yeah, Indominus Crusade. Yeah, and in order to help him on the Indominus Crusade, we'll jump back in time a little bit and introduce a character called uh, Call. The Belisarius Call. Belisarius Call. The Archmagos, I believe, is he an Archmagos? I don't know what his official title is, but he, yeah, he's pretty high up within the ranks of the Mechanicum. Yeah. And he's the worst. <laughs> we'll so, get into opinions yes, later. I know, okay, fine. I just had to say <clears throat> he that. He creates an even better soldier than a space marine. Heresy, heresy! Well, except he does. Oh, okay, well, I take the heresy back then. <laughs> Wait, does Reboot Gilliman approve? Yes. yes. Okay. You might argue that he <laughs> asked him to do it. <laughs> yeah, so um, during the... Uh, uh, Fall Acadia, the 13th Black Crusade, Call actually discovers that Reboot, or not so, Reboot, sorry, that Abaddon is destroying these pylons, and he figures out what the pylons are actually for. And uh, he tries to, like, stop it. I think he ha- get, he and uh, Trezan are the ones who, like, overload the pylons to, like, s- they think it's going to stop the warp, and it does for a second, but then it gets yeah. overloaded. And yeah, it like shoots a beam into the Eye of Terror, and it begins to recede and shrink, and like all warp influence like ceases on on yeah. Kadia. But then it backfires and explodes, and then it just ex- expands, <laughs> yeah. and then it tears across the galaxy. Um, yeah. So then he he gets in contact with the Eldar, and we'll get into them again. And he goes on a, a pilgrimage to re- resurrect Reboot Gilliman. <laughs> Everyone's going on pilgrimages. But he did it first. He did it before Reboot Gilliman did. <laughs> yeah, so he has a, a crazy part to do, play in resurrecting Reboot Gilliman. Um, he goes there, he makes him a suit of armor, and he hands him um, life. And yeah, he, he's like the science he, component behind yeah. the resurrection. Yeah. Um, and apparently he was tasked with making the suit of armor before. Yeah. Like way um, in the past. We're talking like thousands of years before Gulliman even was put into stasis. Hmm. Um, weird. 
Yeah, which is yeah. It, I'll, I'll give my opinions later, but yeah, I know. Uh, Gulliman instructs Belisarius Call with two things. He asks Call to begin working on a project to make super super soldier soldiers. Perfect. Primaris Marines. And, and when did he do this? Uh, way like before this or during the scouring or like before yeah, like the essentially, primer disappeared. Yeah, yeah, a couple hundred years after the the uh, Horus Heresy. Yeah, so we're yeah. talking thousands of years yeah. in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, he uh, reboot Gilliman instructed Call to make these super soldiers, and then also he did the suit of armor. Yeah, he wanted that suit of armor. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Right, um, and then unfortunately, right, Gilliman he got knocked out, put into stasis, yeah. and none of these things came to yeah. happen. So what happened with the Primaris Marines is Call did not want to come forward and be like, "Look at all these new super soldiers," because like because he it's a heretical a heresy. act. Yeah, yeah, like it honestly is like a heretical act. What he did. Yeah, you can't alter something that the emperor already created perfectly. Yeah, but he does perfectly. That. <laughs> <laughs> that look, Eric. Yeah. Um. So he plays a big part. So during the Indomitus Crusade. Uh, after Reboot Gilliman's woken up, Call meets them, and they go to Terra together, and they get all these super Astartes, which they're called Primaris Marines, um, because they're the primary defense against chaos. Really? I don't know. I thought oh. Faith was, but apparently... <laughs> apparently I was wrong. Isn't it a simple mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they go on the Indominus Crusade, so they resurrect, or they awaken like uh, like thousands and thousands of these Primaris Marines, and it's, um, I forget what founding it is, um, like what number, like the 21st founding or whatever. But they end up found, founding a bunch of Space Marine chapters. And as they go on through the crusade, the galaxy has been ripped in half. So chaos is flooding out of the, the, the Great Rift. So a bunch of the chapters are being like pushed back and stuff. And as Reboot Gilliman and all these Primaris Marines are advancing, they're reinforcing all these other chapters with Primaris Marines as they push into the galaxy and like try to retake it all. Yeah, so essentially they're reclaiming like lost ground. And it's not just chaos. I mean like other alien races see the Imperium on the back foot yeah. with everything that's going on. And so suddenly they like jump in and take advantage of uh of yeah, a when you're fighting period. a war on 30 fronts. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. all going to take their piece too, right? Yeah. And even like you have successionists, like human worlds that are like, oh, now's our chance to break away. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So Gulliman is trying to re-establish the Imperium, re-establish order, and reinforce like all these space range chapters that have suffered heavy casualties from the fighting or like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, eventually they succeed. And then Reboot Gilliman can finally go back to Ultramar and fight Mortarion because Mortarion's there messing up Ultramar and the 500 worlds and whatever. Yeah, he's laying some smackdown on those people. Yeah, so that's kind of the Imperium, very, very roughly. Um, we okay. got the heretic Belisarius Call, and uh, he does a bunch of heretical technology, he makes Primaris Marines, he creates better bolt guns, that he creates guy. floating Land Raider Rhino Redeemer things. Oh my gosh. Like, the super heavy tanks. He's fucked. Atrius or Atriuk or. I can't read. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But it looks weird. Yeah. And so there's him, and then there's also Reboot Gilliman, who is now like the functioning figurehead of the Imperium. Do you have that quote from yeah. Reboot? Yeah. So just for a little bit of setup, I know we've mentioned it before, but the Imperium of 40K is not the Imperium of 30K. Like we've said that a lot of times. And uh, this really drives that point home. Yeah. So Gulliman was wounded and gets put into stasis when the Imperium still looked 
like a semblance of what the emperor had envisioned. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, like, but you know, um, it, where they believe in science and like everything's working properly and yeah, yeah. So this quote like really outlines like for him to wake up into this like ultra religious like fanatical imperium um, that's like abandoned all the values that the Great Crusade upheld. Um, yeah, it just gives a good insight into his mindset. So I'm just going to read the quote. What more do you want from me? I gave everything I had to you, to them. Look what they've made of our dream. This bloated, rotting carcass of an empire is driven not by reason and hope, but by fear, hate, and ignorance. Better that we had all burned in the fires of Horus' his ambition than live to see this. That's such a sweet quote. Yeah. And it really, yeah, it does sum up, like, the difference between, like... 30K and 40K. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, again, like, it, it gives, like, Gulliman is trying to do his best to make the Imperium work, even though it's such a broken shadow of what it used to yeah. be. And there's cool plot points, too, where, like, uh, uh, Robert Gilliman and uh, the Inquisition and the Ecclesiarchy come to, like, an understanding where, like, Robert Gilliman's like, I do not believe that the Emperor is a god. And, like, the Ecclesiarchy's like, well, he is. And they kind of come to this agreeing it's, where, agreement where it's like, well, we got to work together. You guys can kind of do that, but... Yeah, so like humanity is too far at risk at this stage. Like to, things to are take way, that away yeah, from to them. have to risk a civil war and to like to pretty much gut like the uh, the the faith behind what kind of kept the Imperium together, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's kind of a neat, yeah, cool, uh, yeah. They're like forced to work together, even though yeah. they don't really see eye to eye. Yeah. So the Imperium eventually kind of re- I wouldn't say regains, but kind of. St- stabilizes a little bit with Rubu Gilliman emerging. So what would be the Dark Imperium and all of that? So it kind of is a reference to the other half. So a, a lot of like the progress is made on the side of the Imperium uh, on the southern half where Terra is of the uh, of the d- Great Warp Rift. Um, so the Dark Imperium refers to the northern half of the Empire that's cut off and they can no longer see the light from the Astronomicon. Yeah, and that's where that name comes yeah, from. Yeah, Dark Imperium. Yeah. Um, so they, there is progress made. Like, I know the planet Baal is on the other side, and they like Gulliman does reach there. Yeah. Um, Baal being? The homeworld of the Blood Angels. Yeah, so it, it has a significant role in, like, the history of the Imperium and stuff like that. Um, but it's still kind of, it's not as stable as the southern Terran side of the empire. So there's still like the border regions, I guess you could say of it are still not stabilized, but Gulliman's trying to reestablish, you know, a semblance of an empire. Yeah. Do they have a name for the Southern side? I don't, I've never like, read anything, but it's the possible. Imperium. Yeah. Like yeah. it must just be that, but <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Do they, do they call it the dark Imperium? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah it's not, it's not just like, yeah. Uh, In high Gothic, it's Imperium Nihilus. Hmm. I think it's pretty cool. And the nice. low gothic would be Dark Imperium, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's pretty close to summing up humanity. Yeah, and there's stuff that happens. Yeah, there's like oh, more yeah, detail. Yeah, but. yeah. But that's like where they're at is they have their Imperium and then they have their Dark Imperium, right? They yeah. have their yeah. one side. They're trying to just get back in balance and they're trying to be like, Roboot is learning what it takes to steer the Imperium. Yeah. Right? And then you have the Dark Imperium who's just kind of a separate entity is at this yeah. point. Uh, and apparently the Dark Imperium's led by... Uh, yeah, so uh, Gulliman anoints uh, Dante, who's the chapter master of the Blood Angels from Baal. The one that Christian wants to bang. Right, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> um, he's, uh, he gets, uh, I forget what his title is, but he's pretty much like the warden of the dark side of the Imperium. 
the dark side. Which yes. is sweet because like it's cool that that's a title for him. Or, yeah, like, that's yeah. A, a role that is filled yeah. by. So him. he takes like a, a greater responsibility um, than his chapter ever. Yeah, because like would. I don't know like how much of like the day to day he does or how much like like obviously he's not doing the day to day, but I. I wonder if he could if he wanted to, which is very different than uh, before the rift happened. Because before the rift happened, the High Lords of Terror, they governed everything, right? Planetary, planetary Lords governed everything. Where now it's like they're putting like a military rule behind their empire once again, as opposed to a bunch of seats on a council. Yeah. I don't know how true that is because I don't yeah, think Yeah, like they... details are a little vague on like how he actually governs, but that, yeah. that's a good angle I didn't even think about, which like a big part of the Horus Heresy was, you know, Space Marines feeling like they were doing all the fighting and then getting and then pushed not, out by yeah. civilians who didn't know anything about what yeah. it took to But now govern. here, yeah, because like Raboot Gilliman could have appointed anyone on that side of the galaxy, but he chose a Space Marine to do it. Yeah. So... Not even a Primaris Marine. What a joke. <laughs> what a jokester. There's a couple of Marines that... Hmm. We'll get into the Primaris later. <laughs> um, that, are, that are good enough to be still good. But Yeah, of course. Because they have their plot armor. A couple. Super thick. <laughs> a couple. Super thick plot armor. Yeah. Um, so let's go to uh, what's kind of happening with Chaos as of this point. So Chaos, the biggest thing that they get out of this is before they were limited to raiding the galaxy. So all of Chaos fled, like you have multiple parts of Chaos. You got Chaos Space Marines, you got like traitors, humans, and you also got demons. Everyone at the Horus Heresy basically fled into the Eye of Terror or into the uh, the Maelstrom, yeah. which is in the center of the galaxy. It's another warp rift. Yeah, it's a smaller or, like. Or they area. set up like their own like little Operation. single war, world yeah, here yeah. there. Um, but by but, and large, most of them went into the. Yeah, so they the only world. had like two points where they could assault the Imperium from, and they were always trying to attack Cadia and get a foothold. And sure, there's always like you can jump out of the warp and then jump anywhere you wanted to, but it's not as reliable. Exactly. As a, that's the whole thing about Cadia. What makes Cadia so special? They call it the Cadian Gate, which is a stable warp route in and out of the Eye of Terror. So to control it, it's like controlling a major highway in and out of a real space. Yeah. So that's why Chaos, they're almost like held prisoner in a sense. Like, not quite that, but they're, they're limited from... They, every time they wanted to come out, they had to prepare yeah, for a fight. They have to fight yeah. their way out. Yeah. Uh, if not, take unreliable warp jumps to who knows where and just do commit an act of raiding and then quickly jump back. Right? Yeah. So now that they control that, they control a stable route in and out yeah. of real space. So that kind of creates a value behind Cadia. Yeah, and the other thing is now since the Great Rift happened across the entire galaxy, Chaos can come out pretty much anywhere. Like they have such a wide swath of the galaxy that they can come out of now and attack things. Um, the other big thing that Chaos has happening for them is uh, a lot of their Primarchs are coming out more and more now. Where... Before, there was only a couple Primarchs who came out, like Angron of the World Eaters came out a couple times. Um, Magnus, I think, came out. Magnus came out, yeah, attacking the Space Wolves a couple times. Um, yeah. I guess, like, a couple would have... limited incursions yeah, into the but, Imperium. But now it seems like they're really doing, like, an all-out push against the Imperium, where multiple ones are coming out. So It does sound like a lot of that has to do with the fact that Roboot has resurrected, though. Yeah, it's like... Like they want to fight their brother. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it is even written in the book there that like they're they they take a personal interest in reboot's resurrection, right? Right. 
so yeah, like you know, old grudges or like a chance to maybe corrupt somebody new, stuff like that. Where yeah, or even just to test your metal again, because yeah. like yeah, no- when well, you're a, you're a demon, Primark, there's not a lot in the galaxy that can really challenge you. Yeah, and so yeah, a big part of what kept them in the warp is like um, no participating point. in the great game, right? Like fighting other chaos gods, and you know, yeah, vying for power that way. Yeah, so there's there's much going on in the warp is outside of it. Yeah, for them, anyways. Yeah, so that that's a big thing, that is being pushed now. Where, I we're definitely gonna see yeah. more and more chaos primarchs coming out. I do want to say an interesting thing too as well is uh, Abaddon's crusades. Um, they're each of them is given a specific purpose. Where he was like, all those crusades are culminating to this one point. Yeah. So he was like picking targets that would like weaken other uh, pylons, or he would like collect artifacts that he needed to launch yeah. this massive crusade. So he gets a lot of bad uh, bad publicity for failing 12 times before this 13th time. Yeah. But if you look at it from his perspective, he achieved the objectives he needed to, retreated, yeah. and then prepared for his next assault. Yeah, and I think we also mentioned it too. Um, it's just when he goes back into the warp, for him, only a year could have passed. Yeah, so for to him, him, he's just like preparing but, for a counter assault. Yeah, like he, but then he comes back out and it's like, oh shit, a thousand years went by. Right. And yeah. that's why it took him so long to do it. Yeah, like to him, the crusade never really ended. Like right. he's yeah. just coming back non-stop. and forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or close enough to nonstop that like it all seems like one long campaign, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of like alleviates some of the bad credit that Abaddon gets. Yeah. One, one thing that makes me sad um, is characters like. Um, Abaddon, um, what's the Calgar, Marinius Calgar? Uh, the these chapter masters are are important leaders who were once like the most powerful people in the galaxy or the most influential. Now, when the Primarchs come back, so like Marinius Calgar was a chapter master of the Ultramarines, but then when Reboot Gilliman gets back, it's like he has well, to take that yeah, step. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, Calgar. Um, it was good knowing. Like, yeah, like go back to the front line. It's fun like, while it lasted. <laughs> you know, like same with like Abaddon. Abaddon's still pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, compared to someone like Mortarion or Magnus, right? We'll yeah. see. We'll see what. But like even Mortarius and uh, Magnus, like Abaddon is from the Black Legion, and his guy's dead. Technically, like Horus yeah, Horus is, is dead. dead. Yeah. So like the other ones won't ever have as much sway as let's say Reboot Gilliman and. Uh, yeah, it's not an equivalent but, per se. Yeah, but, but yeah. it still is like I, I, it kind of like kinda shrinks f- his threat level to the yeah. greater galaxy when you have like oh crap, we have demon premarks coming out now. Yeah, that kind of shifts your focus, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, sure. Maximus sad for old Calgar <laughs> and his power fists of <laughs> to, doom. To be fair, um, when uh, when Gulliman is resurrected, he actually asks Calgar for permission. Yeah, to yeah, take control does. of the chapter. Well, because so, Calgar or Reboot Gilman's all about the rules. Yeah, exactly. And like he, like that's a way of kind of honor, showing honor to him too. Yeah. So he doesn't like he is the entitled leader of of the Ultramarines, right? He could easily just like take control instantly, but he as like uh, you know as as much as a you know asking yeah following the rules, but as much as showing him respect of like hey thanks for your service yeah, um, thank thanks you, for your cervix thank you for your service. <laughs> um, <laughs> he uh, he asks Calgar permission to take control of the chapter, which obviously Calgar is not going to deny him, right? Yeah, right. Like, you know, he's just as much he's just yeah. in awe as well as anybody else is of his own primarch. So, yeah. but I found that interesting. Yeah, it was kind of a neat point. Um, so that's kind of chaos. Like now they have the ability to re- uh, siege the Imperium 
from the entire galaxy, really. Like anywhere yeah, in the center really of the galaxy. really steps up the threat level. Yeah. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is the Eldar race. And I guess a lot of this will, um, well, part of this will step forward into the uh, Robot Gellerman being resurrected arena. Yeah. <clears throat> so w- once again, we got to go back in time now to before the Great Rift happened. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Eldrad, who was um, kind of like a more of a radical Eldar in that um, he was like him. He, he's, a, he's the oldest Eldar that we know about. And he's oldest craft world non dark elder. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. yeah I think uh, Vect is older than yeah, him. That's a valid point. Yeah. And but his uh, foresight into the future is also super crazy. Yeah. So he kind of like like he wanted to bring about like the Eldar gods like new creation. Yeah. And he I, wanted to bring it about like now. Like so, he didn't want to wait. Yeah. I don't know how much you guys touched on it on the Elder episode, but uh, the Eldar. Cons- like they consider themselves a dying race and uh, their whole thing is trying to resurrect their god of death uh, Yanid um, so you know going back to uh, that episode with the infinity circuits and like the culmination of their souls like when they die to prevent them getting eaten by Slanesh they store them in these infinity circuits right yes Yeah. so he is trying to find a way so an in- elder belief is that they need all Eldar to die, and it's the Jessalt consciousness of all their souls together that will create this new god. Kind of the way they created Slanesh with their over-excesses, they can create their god of death with the death of their whole race. Um, Eldrad is trying really hard to subvert, to sidestep like, the, uh, the, the need, need for, for them all to die yeah. and try to resurrect the god early. Right. Uh, so he goes to this planet called Zemeznus, and he attempts to, through whatever ritual he's trying, but he attempts to awaken you need like right there but he is stopped by the death watch yeah which are space marines yeah Yeah. sorry which are a space marine chapter chapters if people don't know what death watch are oh yeah he's stopped by an arm of the inquisition which is in part of the imperium right yeah stop complicating things (laughs) in the hierarchy (laughs) uh yeah so he's stopped by them um there's a couple like I read a couple different sources on this. One of them says that he actually partially succeeds, and that Yanid's spirit is like partially drawn into this reality, and then Yanid like like wandered through the galaxy looking for someone not to possess, but to like yeah. become his mouthpiece. Yeah. yeah. And the other ones don't say anything like that at all. But it others kind of, say that like uh, he just failed. Yeah. And sometimes it even says that like the it was corrupted. Yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah give me that look. Well, I, I actually, the whole, when Mark and I were actually talking about this is when he said it was corrupted, and I, I actually couldn't find anything that said that. I'm pretty sure he... Yeah, like I'm... Yeah, it, yeah whatever. It is what it is. For all we know, Games Workshop doesn't even know. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, but what happens is he started it and he failed. And then I like to think, like, what makes the most sense to me is that his spirit was there because this is where, like, after this is when it really picks up with, with Yanid. And Yvrain yeah. is found. And Yvrain is uh, Eldar. Christian, you know way more about her than I do. Yeah, so she uh, she's walked many paths of both the Craftworld Eldar and the Dark Eldar and has <coughs> uh, been in... I forget what the path is, but the path of the wanderer, whatever they call that, like as a ranger, pirate, or one that doesn't 
isn't strictly conformed to uh, craft worlds like uh, path system. Yeah, but she has also walked those paths. So she's like been around for a long time, trying out like all these different aspects of Eldar, the Eldar race. Yeah, and uh, when we encounter her, she's in the pits of Komarog as a uh, as a pit fighter, as a witch. Um, and this is after her long history that led her there. Um, and that's when the uh, the spirit of Yanid uh, finds her when she's killed, actually, in the arena. Um, he, he, I don't want to say he possesses her, but, like, I guess he uses her as a conduit. Yeah. And uh, kind of destroys part of the city of Komara because... Uh, <laughs> I, again, I, I don't remember. I, uh, it's been a while since you've done your Eldar episode, but psychers aren't allowed to use their powers in Cormorah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's in it's, it's in the webway, and yeah. to to attract any kind of warp attention in there is a bad thing for them. Devastating. Yeah. So by her, again, I don't know what to call it. Not necessarily possession, but by her linking up with Yanid's spirit, uh, she in effect, and she was, uh, I believe, it's a Farseer. She was as well. So she is like has strong psychic potential. Um, so through her death and resurrection through Yanid, um, she opens up a, a gateway for demons to flood into Cormorog. So Cormorog is essentially in a constant state of, of war now because now they have uh, an opening in their once you know semi-safe city, safe <laughs> from the warp, not safe from each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and they now they're all going to have to work together. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, kind of friend hammer. It is friend hammer. <laughs> So uh, she makes her escape from there, um, now touched by Yanid. And uh, I'm a little sketchy on the details. Do you know how like they ultimately awaken Yanid? It's just a ritual. Like, okay, she's on a craft world and she sacrifices like thousands of Eldar souls in there to awaken like Yanid, but right, that's uh, it. Right, Be- Tan, yeah. yeah. So they end up on the craft world Biltan and they end up sacrificing the, uh, what do you call the... The spirit circuit, the infinity circuit. Infinity circuit, yeah. So it is a substantial number of Eldar souls. And I mean, there's a whole bit with them like fighting demons on there and such. And I actually, I believe that's where they say Yanid is corrupted because oh, okay. uh, they're fighting some Slaneshi demons who stick their hands into the infinity circuit. Oh, okay. And like right before... Yanid is born. Oh, okay. And they start like hunting down some of the Eldar souls in the in the circuit. Hmm. Uh, so they say like it's 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 a potential, you know, it's one of those rumors that like could be, maybe, might not oh, okay. um have infected the birth of Yanid with Slanesh. Um and obviously like the reason these demons attack is to prevent the birth of Yanid because Slanesh knows. Slanesh is scared yeah. of, you know, another chaos not another Eldar god being awoken to fight specifically what unites all these right. Eldar together. And this is like, she unifies like Eldar Exodites. She unifies craft world Eldar. This she unifies. Yeah. And she unifies, um, dark Eldar who all are, have a vested interest in fighting Slanesh, right? Yeah. They and, created this God and they want to, you know, yeah. they, that's and the ultimate yeah, threat. It's been prophesied about for like thousands, oh, thousands and thousands. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like it's, it's the seventh been, path. The yeah. seventh path is like the birth of Yanid and like the restoration of the Eldar. Yeah. So it, it's not hard to gather all these people because all of them already know the story of Yanid. They already know the prophecy and like, it's more just happen. like the time is now. Come join us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that isn't to say that all Eldar, not all hashtag not all uh, Eldar are under this umbrella, uh, but a good chunk of them are. Yeah. Uh, you have craft worlders that don't trust Yanid and don't trust. Uh, 
Yvrain. They don't know, you know, like was they were they infected by Slanesh? Is she who she says she is? Right? Is this you know warp trickery? So they kind of are standoffish. You have you know Exodites who always kind of be standoffish, and then you have Dark Eldar, uh, particularly the Homunculi. Um, So what you need does now the whole the whole thing with Slanesh and why the Eldar hate Slanesh so much is Slanesh consumes their souls when they die if they're not protected by Spirit Stone or Infinity Circuit. Um, so you need absorbs Eldar souls, um, and, and so instead of going to Slanesh now, they can go to her or him. Sorry, yeah, to him, her, it, <laughs> to the god. Technically, um, any of the reborn can do it. Yeah, but essentially, it's all feeding back into this just right. salt god. Right? So the the Inari is like the faction of people who follow Yvrain. And they're like they, the Inari can be any from any other faction, like the Exodus. You're like you're saying, yeah. and what makes them special is any of them can actually absorb souls to feed them to you need instead. Yeah. And, and by feed, it, I guess it's less. It's of more a, of like a conduit. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, like protect. They're protected by you know becoming a part of the god versus being consumed by the god, right? right? Yes. Which is what Slanesh would do. Yeah, but that it. W- it actually makes any of the reborn that much more coveted by Slanesh because all of them are like treasure troves of souls for her. Yeah. So they're like they're yes, they're getting they're trying to like save their race and, and like birth this god, but at the same time like they're putting targets above their head because of this. Yeah, and they kinda um, have to to save themselves. What's up? Um so the reborn, are they called that be- like this is I don't know if this is true or not. Um to join the Yanari, do you have to like kill yourself, just like Yvrain got killed and then is reborn? I have no and idea. That's how they gain these powers. You don't have to. Um, the only blurb I ever read it just said like the Yanari or the reborn. Yeah, like, it didn't offer so, anything else for me. So the okay. other, the other uh, epitaph to uh, Yanid is is the god of death and rebirth. So if you go back to Elder mythology, how like. They could die and be reborn. Like they had, uh, they would reincarnate back when the warp was stable. And I'm, I'm talking like a millennia or more ago, before Slanesh. Yeah, before Slanesh, before like the chaos gods really upended oh, the okay. warp. The warp was so stable that when an Eldar died, their spirit would go into the warp and then they would be reborn again into a new body. Oh, like the old school shamans of Earth. Sure. Yeah. But uh, so this was this was common practice. So you know they they were essentially immortal both in their soul and their body. Um. So this is a kind of a way like Yanid now is a god of death and rebirth. It's coming back to that, you know, they have a chance at a second life without being destroyed by Slanesh. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the other thing with Yanid is and the rebirth part of it. Yeah. Not just the god of death. Yeah. yeah. And there are some resu- resurrection powers like uh, she resurrects a prominent Eldar pirate, um, Prince Ariel. Oh, does he? Yeah, mm. he dies, and she she has a, the ability to resurrect people as well. Yeah. So it's not like a they have to thing, but it's mm. definitely within her power uh, capabilities for sure. Mm. Warp magic. Yeah. So now, <laughs> so sorry, going back to what I was saying with the homunculi, of uh, the Dark Eldar. So there's a faction of them as well that don't, um, don't trust the Yanari, and they, uh, they are fighting actively against her as well. Um, so while the Eldar are generally unified now under this new faction, they're not all, Yeah, you know, they're still well, independent. Technically, actually, like, anytime, like, Eve Rain shows up somewhere or the Yanari, like, strike like a banner, like, yes, we have a group of Yanari now, like, it's a, said that, like, civil strife follows 
everywhere. Like it, it's supposed to be unifying, but it's actually polarizing the race that makes because sense. now you have to pick a side. You either are <clears throat> you're either you're part for them of, or against them. Yeah, yeah. you're either yeah. part of the Yanari and helping to bring forth you need. Or you're not, and yeah. what you're doing is actually opposing this faction. Mm. So while it it should be a time of like, Frank know, Hammer, yeah, yeah, it, it's actually much more polarizing for them than it was before. Yeah, so yeah. it's a give and take kind of thing with sure. with them, but that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, so they play a part in resurrecting Reboot Gilliman as well. Oh yeah, uh, so that again goes back into the death and rebirth aspect of Yanid. So uh, Irvain is present at the. Uh, at the resurrection of Gulliman. And again, you have this whole behind closed door scenario <laughs> with uh, with Call, who brings a suit of armor that acts like a life support system. But Irvane uh, says it's not enough um, to, to, keep, to bring him back to life. So essentially, what she has to do is she kills him to release his spirit and then recapture his spirit back into his mortal shell. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know the the Ultramarines and stuff that are present at the time like think this is crazy. Like you're not going to kill our Primarch, right? Um, but then there's a Chaos Assault, kind of distracts everybody. So call and uh, they just do it. Intervene, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll jump back just a bit just to talk about how <laughs> how the hell you have oh, Eldar yeah. <laughs> working together with uh, the Imperium because that's kind of a big thing, kind, kind of, of a fucking gay thing, kind of a kind <laughs> of a thing, yeah, <laughs> kind of a thing. Um. Yeah, so the Eldar, they have the ability of foresight, and they're always looking ten steps ahead. and Or at least trying to. Trying to. Yeah, it never works out quite no. how they want it to. But the Eldar see that even with the Yanari and the Unitedness, they're still not powerful enough to be able to take on Chaos, to be able to take on the galaxy. So they're kind of using the Imperium as a pawn. Um, which is they've done that many times or yeah. whatever. If they it's, if they make this enemy strong, chaos will focus on them and leave us be. Yeah, and they'll wipe each other out. Then we can figure out from there. But uh, that's kind of how they get into. Yeah, they end up uh, rescuing like uh, Call and a couple other prominent figures from the fall of Cadia. When Cadia is about to get destroyed, the uh, Yanari with Yvrain open a webway portal and take Allow a bunch everyone of everyone through. Yeah. yeah, and take a bunch of survivors. Yeah. So that's kind of how she gains her trust, or at least. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some uh, again going to the whole warp thing. Like, um, Tigerius, who's the uh, librarian of the Ultramarines, also says he's been having visions and things, hmm. um, which kind of like lends credence to like what Irvine is saying when she meets them. Yeah. So, and there is still that element of distrust, right? Like the Ultramarines yeah. don't, you know, oh yeah, welcome, welcome to our home planet. Let's show, yeah. let's show you <laughs> come, to in, our, come into our most holy of places. Yeah. Like, there's definitely like an. an aura of like distrust and like you know and especially with and they don't outright say they need to kill Gulliman that's kind no. of like a, they say it right when they're there yeah just you know because they never would have even got that far if that's what they announced they that their, their intent was, to was do. Yeah, yeah to do so yeah they they kind of get uh, some prominent imperial figures behind them when they rescue them from Cadia uh, and you know the Eldar have their own objectives they're you know they're going to use humanity to fight chaos because they don't have the the capabilities yeah. of doing it just yet themselves right yeah. so you know make a buffer yeah so they resurrect call and then the Gullman. Yonari, or yeah sorry Gullman. 